This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There is a place for you here. For more information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Good morning. The first lesson is from Micah chapter 5. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when he when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be the one of peace. The second lesson is from Hebrews chapter 10. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, See, God, I have come to do your will, O God, In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. When he said above, You have neither desired or taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he said, See, I have come to do your will. He abolishes the first in order to establish the second. And it is by God will that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Here comes the reading of Pastor Mark. <laughs> I get my own little fanfare. Our gospel today comes from Luke, the first chapter. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. 
And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Somewhat, well, first of all, I should say, uh, I apologize for the disservice I just did to you because I read the gospel. It should have been read in a female voice because it seems to be such an intimate scene between Mary and Elizabeth. Presented somewhat out of time by Luke, or at least we hear it somewhat out of time, Mary, discovering that she is pregnant, goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth, and when she arrives there, I guess they talk about the stuff that people always talk about in such circumstances. This life miraculously growing within them and the way that that life is going to transform their own lives. All the more so because these are miraculous conceptions. Elizabeth, miraculous because she had been considered too old to have children. And yet here she is. And Mary, well, because Mary, we'll just say, hadn't gone down the normal route leading to children. And yet, here she is. And when she arrives at Elizabeth's threshold, as she greets Elizabeth, Elizabeth cries out because the child within her the one who would be known as John the Baptist, suddenly dances for joy. He does this prenatal dance that causes Elizabeth to suddenly and spontaneously break out in song. And she starts singing, Blessed are you, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And Mary, in response to that spontaneous song, responds with a song of her own, singing out, my soul magnifies the Lord, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. It is an intimate and joyful scene, and joy has that ability to be contagious. And the joy of Elizabeth is caught by Mary. But this, this joyful song is hardly their own. They are simply improvising on an older song by someone else who also experienced a miraculous conception. You might possibly remember the story of Hannah who was the wife of Elkanah, who loved her very much, but she'd been unable to conceive. And so, in order to provide offspring, Elkanah had taken a second wife, 
called Pandina, who, shall we say, played through and had already produced for him children. And here was Hannah still longing for her own child. And suddenly, in response to her prayers, she conceives. And on receiving that news, she breaks out in song, singing out, my heart exalts in God, my Savior, my spirit rises in power, O Lord. But even she was riffing on an older song, a song sung by Miriam on the banks of the Red Sea. Remember when the Israelites were backed up against the shore of the Red Sea and the Egyptians were coming in all their chariots led by the infuriated Pharaoh? And there, when it seemed that all hope was lost, suddenly the, the waters opened up and as if through the waters of the birth canal, the children of Israel went through the sea into new life as God's chosen people, as a free people. And the Egyptians charged in after them, but the waters closed back in over them, delivering them stillborn on the shore. And in response to all this, the prophet Miriam picks up a tambourine and sings about this mighty Lord who had thrown the rider and its horse into the sea. These songs echo down through the centuries and become available for the vocabulary of praise of those who come after them. They all seem to echo on this theme of life that is lifted up this song that continues to echo down from that first song that is sung when the spirit, the breath of the Lord goes out over the waters of chaos and that song brings forth planets, light, darkness, heavens, earth, sea, land, and all the living things upon it including us. This song that gets echoed down through the ages, it always seems to begin with a spontaneous, joyful cry of praise to God. And then the singer starts improvising with her own circumstance, with the own, her own source of joy that brings forth this song. For Miriam, she gives praise to God, the great warrior who intercedes on behalf of the helpless. Hannah gives thanks to God and sings of, of God, the advocate, who comes to her in her loneliness and confounds the arrogance of those who despise her. Mary sings forth to God for God's mercy the mercy that comes to her and brings with it hope and life for all of creation. 
I'd like to sing this song for you. But thankfully for you, I can't. Because one of the great tragedies of Scripture is that we have lost the tune. We have the words, but we don't have the music. But you would be surprised how much this singing runs through Scripture, not only in the songs of these faithful women, but all of the psalms were meant to be sung. Most likely, the majority of the words of the prophets were sung. Anytime you're reading Scripture and you see it going into that kind of, of a poetic meter, you can be fairly confident that there was music under these words. But it's not the end of the song. Before, well, and all around this event of Christ's birth, we hear music sounding. Before now, the husband of Elizabeth sang his own song of thanksgiving in response to this miraculous pregnancy. And the angels will break forth through the clouds and sing to the shepherds, announcing these wonderful news for all people. And then the prophets Simeon and Anna will sing their song of joy at having lived long enough to see the birth of Jesus, to see the coming of the Messiah. But in their improvisation, they will introduce a minor key, a darker note when they remind Mary that this song of joy that she sings will ultimately be turned into a lament, that this child is set for the upsetting of the nations, and that a sword will pierce her soul. And when it comes to pass, when she is singing her song of lament at the foot of the cross, Jesus on the cross himself will break into song, a song that begins with those words that we know so well, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Taken from one of the Psalms. But if you keep reading that Psalm, you find that the song of despair turns into a song of hope, a song of promise, a song of confidence in the power and the compassion of this God. And it is a song about another birth, this time through the dark and silent womb of the tomb. This time the labor brings forth a new and eternal life brings forth resurrection not only for Christ but for all of us such that now we can join in that song here today singing our own song of joy that springs forth from the same chords that God sang at the beginning of time because God is bringing forth life.
We prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus and this new life. But the source for joy in us is that this life, as it comes forth, comes forth in us as well. So that we also are brought into new life. We also can sing with that eternal song. Amen.